What's up, world? We are excited to announce our summer community drive. We are giving back pencils, paper, binders, folders, and sanitizers for teachers in our community. If you want to help us out, subscribe to our Patreon. All the money raised on our Patreon goes to our community drives, and you get a bonus positive news episode every week. We appreciate all of you for listening to us. Now let's go to the positive news. What's up, world? Welcome to the positive truth, uplifting, and positive news to help you believe in yourself and the world around you. Tim, what are we trying to bring? Here at The Positive Truth, we're trying to bring awareness, empowerment, inspiration, optimism, and understanding to communities everywhere. Michelle, before we get started, can you tell the people what they can do to help spread this positivity? Please like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. A five-star rating with a comment will help us out so much and help us to continue to spread positive news throughout the world. We also have a Patreon where you can get an extra positive news episode, and you'll have the opportunity to help with our community drives. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at The Positive Truth to view these news stories and more. JP? What's up? What's up with you all? How are you all doing today? Man, we're doing great. I know I'm doing great. It's a beautiful hot day in Oklahoma City right now. How are so, you guys? Uh, pretty good, dude. Yeah, this Tired. heat is starting to get real out here. Man, even inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting real. It gets hot so early in the day now. And then it's like 80 at night. That's uh. like 30 degrees Celsius for uh, everyone using superior metrics. <laughs> it is June, though, so it's Pride Month. And we figured we should talk about six LBGTQ people that have made the world a better place. I guess I'm starting. I want to talk about Deborah Sampson because I've never heard about her before. All these history classes growing up, did you all ever hear about her? Never. I don't know a famous Deborah. Really? At all. Hmm. Now that I think about it, now that I don't either. <laughs> it's time to change that. <laughs> Let's get it, JP. So, Deborah Sampson. She is the first woman ever to fight for the Americans. She fought in the Revolutionary War. Women weren't allowed to fight, so she posed as a man. I've never seen Mulan, but I know the song. Facts. <laughs> You've never seen Mulan? I've, I, I've sung the I'll Make a Man Out of You before a karaoke, but that's the only thing I've known from it. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm not a good singer. You don't want to hear it. Anyway, she actually did that in real life, and she fought all the way through and then whenever she saw a colonial man that was threatening to kill a Native American woman because they had captured a tribe she married the woman to save her wow. during the war oh, wow. so she not only fought in the war lived through it saved women she was basically I think the first person in American history that came out as LBGTQ that's in the history books and I think it's just really awesome, the fact that she did this in 1776. The kind of prejudice she must have been going through is unbelievable. She said she fought for 20 years to get her pension because they found out she was a woman. Mm -hmm. They were like, we're not giving you a pension, we're not giving you wages because you're a woman, you're not supposed to fight, even though she was out there doing it. So she fought her like 30 years battles to get a pension because, hey, I fought in the army too. And she always succeeded because of all people, Paul Revere was like, come on, guys. Come Paul on, guys. Revere said that? Yeah, that's... That's the person I would have thought the last. That's the person <laughs> I know, right? I think it's really awesome. 
And there's just not enough women in history, not enough LGBTQ people in history. So I want to talk about here, her on here. No, uh, dude, I loved everything about that story. It's a great start off for today because one, we didn't know a famous Deborah. Two, now we do. And three, she should have been getting way more credit than what we've all been giving her because none of us knew about her. She's a real life Mulan, an American history Mulan. Like, <laughs> I have no idea why I haven't heard about her. I'm actually going to do more research about her just because you talked about her, man. Appreciate you sharing that story. That's what's up, Tim Tim. What do you got? Man, uh, I'm going to talk about James Baldwin. Have you guys heard of him? No. You've never heard of James Baldwin? So I, I Wow. Heard, dude, I heard he was an author, right? <laughs> wow. But I had no idea how good this man was. So let me just start off by saying this author by the name of Michael, I'm not going to butcher his last name, but he famously said that if Van Gogh was our 19th century artist saint, James Baldwin is the 20th century one. That's what kind of praise that everybody gave wow. him back then. So this man, he grew up in the early 1900s without his father. His mom never told him who his real father was, mm -hmm. so he ended up following in his stepfather's footsteps and got into church. Started working for the church, and he started traveling a little bit. And when he started traveling, he ended up going through some struggles, getting fired, dealing with racism. Again, it's the early 1900s. So he ended up, you know what? I don't know what I want to do with my life. He met somebody that was a writer, and it inspired him, you know what? I'm going to be a writer. I don't care what anybody says. So he started taking odd jobs for the next three years, and one of his odd jobs, he landed at another church where he took a fellowship job to go to Paris. And when he went to Paris, he learned so much, not just about himself, mm -hmm. but about race and about his sexuality and about others. So he started writing books. This man wrote a book. His first book was about him growing up without a father and having father issues and struggling to figure out who he was. His second book changed the whole entire world. This book was called Go Tell on the Mountain. This was about gay literature. A black man in America in the early 1900s not only wrote this book about being gay, but it was one of the best books of that time. Everybody respected him for it. And even today, during the Black Lives Matter movement now, people are still quoting Alec Baldwin. Or Alec Baldwin, I apologize. <laughs> James Baldwin for the things that he wrote in these books back in the early 1900s. So his impact is still being felt today. And I was really, really impressed by it because I was like, man, I've heard this name. I've seen his face, but the fact that in today's society, we're still able to use quotes that he used in books that he wrote in the early 1900s. Beautiful to me. Yeah, I'm surprised you all never heard of him. I can't, I'm bad with names. I can put a face to a face when I see the face. I can't put a name to a face. Especially you, Tim, because you love quotes. And he is like the king of like great quotes. Exactly. See, the thing is, I heard of him, right? I just didn't know very much about him outside of the quotes. And to be honest with you guys, I mean, this is a real conversation. Wasn't too much black history going on <laughs> in the schools that I went oh, to. Yeah. And especially if they were, you know, a part of the LGBT community, they were taken out of our history books anyway. So this is a cool opportunity for us to learn about people we should have known about. Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, sabes. What do you got for us, Michelle? So I got Zaya Wade. So she's the daughter to Dwayne Wade. And Zaya, she's only 12 years old. And just so you guys can kind of understand the backstory, Zaya's previous name was Zion, and she was born a boy. And at 12 years old, Zaya had the courage to, you know, tell her parents, hey, I want to be referred as she and her. And I know it's kind of like a sensitive topic just because of how young she is. However, I think it just shows the unconditional amount of support her family gives her. And I am not a big fan of, like, basketball, so, like, I don't know Dwayne Wade's career with basketball, but whenever I saw this come out in the news, he was on a podcast. I think it was called like, 
It was one of the sports podcasts. I'm not sure what it was. I think was it was called. All the Smoke. Yes, it was All the Smoke. Um, and on there, he said, it's all about, and if, and for it's all about nothing changes with my love, nothing changes with my responsibilities. Only thing I have to do now is get smarter and educate myself more. So I feel like Zaya's movement, just from doing that so young and Dwayne having that stance and supporting his daughter behind her, behind him, I think it's just gonna pave the way, like pave a whole new road for kids who are young and kids who do, you know, are gay, bi, lesbian at such a young age that they're gonna have the courage to tell their parents. More parents are gonna be more accepting and parents are gonna be able to educate themselves. There's gonna be more history books on LGBTQ because of them. So I I think it's an amazing story from them. You don't know anything about D-Wade? About like him as a basketball player? Well, not as a basketball player. I know, I know he's an overall really good person and like just a great person, but I don't really watch basketball like that. So, so the reason, so I have known about that before too. Yeah. What's impressive to me about that is that sports aren't exactly, they're forgiving in some ways. Like if we play a sport, we don't care what gender you are, what color you are. If you, if you play your role, you play hard, you can yeah. help. Everyone's accepting. Mm-hmm. But largely when you're not playing that sport, it, like there's a lot of masculinity that gets involved. It's not very, let's just say it's not very helpful to yeah. certain ideas. So the fact that he was so instantly like, hey, I don't care, I'm gonna love you anyway, yeah. is a great example for a lot of other players in the league that probably wouldn't dare do that. Oh yeah, I was really surprised um, whenever that news came out just because I didn't know him that very well but I was really glad that he went ahead and took a stance and like said alright I'm just gonna educate myself I gotta learn something I love the story from front to back I remember when it happened Dwayne Wade's one of my favorite basketball players to ever walk the planet nickname is flash and all that being said he is known by everybody that watches the NBA right 2006 NBA champion just one of the greatest shooting guards to ever play the game that being said as well spotlight is on him so when his son who says i want to be referred to as a daughter as he she and he says okay i'm going to do it and support you with all the backlash that other people in locker rooms are probably giving him and he still stood his ground because that's his son or his daughter and he chooses to love her no matter what it was beautiful to me as a father so yeah i definitely appreciate Dwayne wade for that and i definitely mm-hmm. appreciate his daughter for you know being 12 and not being scared to open up to say who she is exactly Absolutely. Before we get to our last three people, we need to pause and do audio meditation. It's where we all three talk about one thing we're grateful for each because in the stresses of life, we often overlook all the great things going on in our own lives. We encourage everyone listening to think of one thing you're grateful for as well. Guaranteed to make your day so much more positive. Tim, what are you grateful for today? I'm I'm grateful for uh, peace. So I've noticed on my block where I live, you know, it's been been tough for a lot of people over these past couple months. You could just tell things have been, been interesting. But uh, recently I saw some people that have been arguing for a couple weeks now. Like you just see them yelling at each other. They were having a cookout yesterday, nice and peaceful. Other kids were around and stuff. It just made me feel really, really good to, to see people getting along for a change during these rough times. So I'm definitely uh, thankful for peace. I'm grateful for my niece. <laughs> um, she came over this morning and my niece has uh, autism and she's a little higher functioning, but she was able to focus on just eating. Usually she's like, on the phone playing video games and eating at the same time and you know as a yeah, young that's kid impressive 
dude, it is, but she's so young. And I don't want her to do that at such a young age. But today she was able to put the phone down and like just eat. So small improvements every day. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I've never related to you so much to when you said earlier, like, I'm not good with kids because me, yeah, I'm <laughs> me <not>. too. <laughs> me I'm just too. awkward. Like when they get to like maybe eight, 10 years old to where like I can have an actual like, I guess, same level conversation to some point after that, I'm cool with them. Before that, I just don't know what to do. Me neither. First time I saw Layla, I was like, <laughs> I was trying to give her the, the hold. And stuff. He was like, uh, what? <laughs> I was like, this is the wrong person. You should, wrong person, Tim. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I do remember that. Um, I'm grateful for garages. I'm moving here in a couple of months. Uh oh. And I'm going to move someplace with a garage. We were talking about the heat earlier. Mm -hmm. Even the heat, the cold, just having a car not be blazing hot when you walk into it or like ice cold just, you... or or even avoiding the like the weather here in oklahoma yeah can't wait oh my goodness are your seats cloth or leather they're clothed okay leather seats in the summertime is like Miserable. the worst thing ever the worst thing ever that Definitely. was my last car <laughs> they really? had leather seats yeah uh -huh. can't imagine that not today <laughs> but anyway back to the positive news stories my next one is about Lily and Lana Waskowski. They're Hollywood directors, movie makers. They've written great movies. And in case you didn't know, they're the ones that wrote The Matrix and directed it. Mind blown. You all had no idea, but they're transgender, which is incredible because you view their movies in completely different ways. They're, based, they're the first transgender I guess movie makers to win an Academy Award, which is awesome. And they try to make movies, they said, that not only ch like are an art form, but change the way we think about the world and living. So awesome. I love just something about, I don't really watch movies, but I think Matrix is probably the second best movie I've ever seen in my life. I would definitely say top three, for sure. And it's something awesome about looking at it from a different lens, even all these years later. So, shout out to them. Yeah, I literally found out today from you that it was... I, I, just, I was shook, man. Let me just say that. I was shook. The LGBT community should be beyond proud of the Matrix and, and what those two women did. Yeah, and what they stand for. Because a lot like now, the Matrix has been like... Let's just say it's been associated with things that aren't so very positive by certain groups of people. Mm -hmm. And it was always meant to be a progressive forward pushing movement that includes everyone. So shout out to them. Yeah. What do you got, Tim? Man, I have one that I know you're going to enjoy. I have a man by the name of Bayard Rustin. Have you heard of him? <laughs> Bayard? Bayard? <laughs> I like how I called him Bernard earlier. <laughs> I know you did, but it's all good. Yes, yeah, so I have heard of him, Tim. Awesome, man. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. This man here, obviously, he helped Martin Luther King. He was one of his chief organizers for the March of Washington during the Civil Rights Movement, right? This man is organized as can be. But what I liked about him most is he taught Martin Luther King everything he learned about Gandhi, about his peaceful protesting and his peaceful movements and how he could help with that. So Martin Luther King obviously used him as his chief organizer, and they put all these marches together. Throughout Bayard's life, this man helped us throughout the whole entire civil rights movement from the beginning to the end, and he did so as a gay man. 
He got arrested multiple times for years, every single month, every single week, not only for his civil rights disobedience, but for also being an open homosexual man. I thought it was the dopest thing in the world when I read this because whenever I, I knew about him, was, which was very little, mm -hmm. I knew he was a part of Martin Luther King's team that helped change the world for us all today, and I thought it was inspiring as itself. But then find out that he was a gay man during that time, I couldn't imagine being a gay man during the civil rights movement as a black man. And not only to be that, to help change the world. That's all I have for him right now, to be honest with you guys. I'm just shook the fact that he is yeah, gay. <laughs> I didn't know he was either. It made me proud, to be honest with you. Like, I'm not a gay man at all, but it made me proud to know that even though he was gay and he was fighting for a different cause that people didn't even realize he was fighting for to be a gay man, he still did what he needed to do for the betterment of people. So I might have read a few books about civil rights. This might not be a shocker to some of the listeners. Not at all. <laughs> so before the March on Washington, he was actually one of the main people he was caught with a man in the car. They were in the back seat. They went to like a movie theater. They weren't having sex, but it was just like, so he got arrested then, and then he got outed. So during the civil rights movement, they're like, this is why you shouldn't give blacks rights mm -hmm. because they're all just violent criminals and they're all promoting like gay rights and stuff. There's this gay leader. So the March on Washington, he was going to be one of the main speakers, and they basically kicked him out. Even though he was there, they had to push him to the side for it. Right. It was organized by Philip A. Randolph. Yes. Who was with Rustin, and like he organized all the stuff in the 1910s, 1920s with W.E.B. Du Bois. And then, that's where, before he did that, he started talking with Martin Luther King about the nonviolence, and he was like, we can't be violent with these people. We can't have one person that's violent. Because if you have one person violent in a protest and you have 10,000 people there, they're only going to focus on the small people that are being violent and being, like, rioting instead of, like, the actual issue. That happened. He said that in 1963. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> it might be 2020. That might still be relevant. And so, yeah, he organized all that. And then he couldn't get a job or anything. And for like all the way towards till the 80s because it stuck with him for so long and then he started fighting for like against AIDS during the early 80s and he started advocating for that and like but he's basically been erased from history because of his sexuality and that's wrong considering all the positivity he did not just with the civil rights movement but with the AIDS epidemic of the 80s and 90s Shout out to JP with all the knowledge. You're like an encyclopedia. Dude, I told you, he's Captain Statistics. JP in the Civil Rights Movement, he's somebody I definitely go to when I have questions because I know he looks up to Martin Luther King. He knows a lot of facts and quotes. And I knew he knew who this was. That's why I chose this story. And I knew he was going to help me out with all the extra facts that I did not find. And I'm so glad that you did because this man definitely should be a part of our history books. And I promise you, I'm going to know his name is Bayard Rustin, not Bernard, from now on. Man. <laughs> I guess that's just how I always pronounced it when I was reading the books. I think I, I probably would have too, to be honest with you. I've never seen Bayard before in my life, but I will I will definitely tell people about him now. Shout out to pronouncednames.com. <laughs> YouTube. That's what you used. <laughs> oh, good joke. What do you got, Michelle? So uh, my second one is actually about Leonard Philip Malchevich. I hope that pronounced that right. He was an American Vietnam War veteran, and he was a recipient of the Purple Heart and the Bronze Star. And he was also the first gay member to serve and intentionally out himself um, right after. Basically, he did it in protest to the Don't Ask, Don't Tell bill. Um, and whenever he did that, he actually made the cover on Times Magazine. And that issue after that was just like a turning point 
for um, just military in general and LGBTQ within the military since he outed himself for the very first time. So pretty big. Yeah, we should definitely give a shout out to everyone that was LGBTQ. Absolutely. And was hiding it while fighting in the military, fighting for a country that was actively not mm-hmm. supporting. Yeah. If that's not that's that's not heroic, I don't know what it is. I actually worked with someone that two years before that it stopped becoming an issue, mm-hmm. he got outed and he got kicked out of the military for it. Wow. I actually worked with somebody. And it's like Yeah, you you served in Afghanistan, you got he got a mind blow blow up on him. Mm-hmm. He has like disability check for the rest of his life. And he lost all of that. Wow. For gay pornography. Kinda wild. It's that's ridiculous and it sucks. And I'm glad that we're able to talk about people like we're talking about today. To let people know like him, things will get better. These people have already done this for you. You did it as well. Like he should be in the history books. There should be like a whole LGBTQ history books of people that help change society for that community. Because in all reality, I'm just now getting educated on it as a straight man. And I know for a fact it makes me a little bit more proud of the LGBT community because there's so much history behind it that I had no clue about. There's so many people too. Do you know about like, Stonewall? Sorry to cut you off. Oh, I, de- I, I had to read about Stonewall because of this episode, to be honest with you. I was like, what is Stonewall? I keep seeing this everywhere and reading about it. There's a documentary on Netflix I'm actually going to watch mm-hmm. later on today. Sorry, you know I watch stuff. <laughs> I like that you call me Captain Statistics and anytime I bring up something, you're like, yeah, I watch it on Netflix. <laughs> YouTube and Netflix have so many documentaries on there that are so dope and like whenever you bring up these random words like Stonewall for for example I get excited because I'm like wait a minute this is recent for me I read that somewhere (laughs) so my bad Michelle what were you gonna say um I was gonna say there's a lot of just now um like from what I see there's a lot of just open LGBTQ people that I know and I know whenever I was looking for stories I came across one about the U.S. women's soccer team and dang i told you about it it was like they have four no five openly gay members on the team um and then they were just comparing like different country soccer teams and seeing like how many lgbtq players they have and it's a lot and it's like it's girls that i look up to like i really like the u.s women's soccer team because like actually win yeah understatement of the century they're one of the greatest american sports programs they are they're the most one of the most dominant ones and what's cool about it i remember you telling me a statistic that i'll throw out right now from 2015 to was it 2019 yes the the rate almost doubled for people to say basically yes i am an lgbtq human being and i thought it was awesome because that was only you know five years ago it wasn't that long ago and, and it's still going up so shout out to everybody that's you know advocating for your community you guys are doing great and if you're not lbgtq and you're listening to this try your best to be an ally like we're trying to yes facts definitely you have a quote before we get out of here you know i do by james baldwin nothing or i apologize not everything that is faced can be changed but nothing can be changed until it's faced quotes by james baldwin we're out stay Stay positive. positive oh dang